Welcome back to the Two Beers Please podcast. Matthew, what beer are you sipping on currently? Well, it's uh, it's a nice day on, which is good and bad because my apartment is hot as all shit because for some reason that's what has to happen with a New York apartment. Mm. But because it's nice out, I wanted to just, you know, really get into the nice day vibes and I got myself a nice little blue moon, which is kind of my go-to. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so ready for some patio drinking. Some yeah. warm weather. Oh, sounds so nice. Yeah, so we have this really nice um, <coughs> open driveway in front of our apartment. And now that the neighbors moved out, like, it's not gross anymore because they just always kind of smoke ciggies out there, which kind of, like, made the whole area, like, yeah. not not the best. But it's now the there's, like, some, ch- some chairs out there in the nice warm weather just sitting out, people watching. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have some nice times out there. And, uh, yeah, it's funny. I'm also drinking a Blue Moon. So there you go. We are on the same page today. And uh, it's just kind of a Blue Moon day here in New York City. And It is a Blue Moon day. It is a Blue Moon day. And, and when it's a Blue Moon day, you drink Blue Moon. It's the rule. <coughs> That's the rule. Don't wear it out. And Seems rather obvious. Seems <laughs> seems You would think. But then, you know, some people are assholes. I don't know what else to tell you. 63 degrees out. 63? That is nice and balmy. I'm right. nice. While we're on the weather, too, I do hate when it's like February and it's really nice out today. And like you say that to someone, they're like, yep, global warming. Okay, dude. Here's your glass. Here's your glass half full of just pessimism. What a, what a shit way to go through life. I'm not saying we don't need to be concerned with global warming, but. To look at a nice day and just be like, well, we're all going to burn in hell. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, I mean, my thing is, like, you're not wrong, but at the same time, like, if you needed a, if you needed this to prove to you that global warming was happening, then where have you been? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, like, it's been... Here's, <laughs> I guess here's the thing, too. Like, global warming's happening, and, you know, 99% of it is really, really shitty. Nice day every now and then is, like, one of the benefits of it. Yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know if I'd go that far. But, yeah, it's fair. It's fair. I, 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 I see your point. Houses, I see your houses, point. Yeah. I, I mean, like, your point. if you would take everything point. out of it, like, having a nice day when you shouldn't is a, is a nice thing. You you have to, obviously, exclude all the other parts. <laughs> right. The other ni- <laughs> is it, yeah, you're is right. it worth it? Is it worth it to have a nice day? No, 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 no. <laughs> it's like the, a Parks and Rec thing where it's like they're looking at the horizon and it's like beautifully like purple or whatever and like Leslie's like yeah it comes from the uh, chemical waste from the candy factories it's a beautiful sight but is it worth it and Ben just looks at her weird and just like no <laughs> <laughs> that's a great reference that's a great great reference uh, yeah, thanks well, welcome to the two beers please podcast otherwise known as the as the G8 summit, where we talk about global warming, and, and uh, we'll have Emmanuel Macron and on through, soon through give, Parks and Rec references. Yeah, that's fair. Emmanuel Macron's gonna come on, give us his ten-point plan, and we're just gonna throw some Leslie Nope quotes at him and see what happens. Yeah, truly. I think that's that's the best use of everyone's time. Uh, so let's talk some college basketball. We're gonna get a lot into it in the next month. Right now, we're right before some of the action, kind of a calm before the storm situation. We have to start with some news that has nothing to do with basketball. 
Unless you're uh, in Madison, Wisconsin. Unless you're in Madison, Wisconsin. No calm. Yeah, exactly. No calm. Well, let's go right there. That's where I was going to go anyway. Juwan Howard just open open hand slapped a, a man across the across the head. Looked painful as hell. I would have like Bow! like truthfully, I it was a big open hand. Like that man has big hands, and he used all of it to hit this other guy. Uh, but obviously, end of Wisconsin-Michigan game. There's a there's a scrum that breaks out, uh, you know, because of some bad feelings about a call and about a press. What do we think about that? I I maybe okay. So here's what the part of the podcast where I say something that's gonna be kind of a, the rule for the rest of this basketball talk. If you don't know this by now, Matt knows a lot more about basketball than me, and a lot of times when I'm asking him what do we think about it, it's because. I might not understand, like, if this is actually a big deal that to get mad like this about stuff like this, the press, the timeouts. Like, I I heard all of that, and people were like, "I get it," and I'm like, "I don't get it. I don't get it at all." Like, that sounds like people just hitting each other for no reason. So, was this warranted? Like, was Jawan warranted in being that mad? Not not the hitting. The hitting isn't warranted. But like, was he warranted in being super mad? Was right. the other coach warranted being super that mad? Failed what, what, what's the deal? Staff. Yeah. I mean, both both of them acted like children in in the grand scheme of it. Um, right. Okay. But as far as and there's but there's like you know this isn't baseball. There's not a ton of unspoken rules, but I do think that it, in most like sports there's an unspoken rule of like like even if you take it to football, if you're up thirty with two minutes to go and you're still throwing the ball then the defense has every right to blitz and light the shit up out of your quarterback because you're keeping the game competitive. So Juwan Howard was the one who initiated keeping the game competitive by doing the press. Like the game was over. We all, we all were in agreement. There was no reason to press. Mm. I, I, if you want to press, I, I guess you can. It's, it's douchey. You don't like need to do it because it's done. If you do that, then you're the one that's like, all right, we're still playing like this. This isn't, and so, and and even without the explanation from guard of where he was like, I took the timeout because it reset the the back court clock, which was at four seconds. A timeout made it ten. These are my backups. I'm, I'm trying to get them some time, you know, some just like some PT. Like these these guys aren't kids that see the, the court a lot. Didn't want them to be in a tough situation. But from the onset, it's it's on Juwan Howard because you are the one that still tried to keep the game competitive. So you can't get mad if Greg Gard responds to that. So like Howard's in the wrong to begin with it. Like he, he is the, the inciting action of, of like all, all this dumb drama. And then even in the, like the, the walkthrough line, like a lot of people are like, Oh, Greg Gard shouldn't have touched him, which I agree with. But even there, it really wasn't Greg Gard that like initiated the stuff because people were like, yo, sometimes you just walk by everyone. True. Juwan Howard didn't just walk by Great Guard. Juwan Howard lowered his mask and said, I'm going to remember that. Like, again, Juwan Howard is kind of the one being like, hey, this is something we're dealing with right now. And then Great Guard puts his hands on, which he shouldn't have. I also am like, Juwan Howard is like twice the size of Great Guard. So I I think Juwan Howard is, he had every right to not want to be touched. Juwan Howard is, would be fine. Um, and then I, I, I do think, I think the Juwan Howard suspension is accurate. I, I think great guards should have been suspended one game just because two, I, 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 both these, like I said, like all of it, the onset is on Juwan, but both of these guys fed into 
it occurring. Like Greg Gard himself, even like he can try to say he was de-escalating the situation. He he really wasn't. And, and he it's a nice too, even when you're trying to de-escalate a situation. Sometimes you need to know this ain't the situation. Like if you're trying to talk rational to someone at a bar who's pissed off, this isn't the time to de-escalate. I'm not, you know, it, so it, it's on both of them. I, I think guards should have been suspended. Um, and the whole thing is, I mean, the thing with Juwan, though, too, is like this is like his second sort of dust up like this. We've seen him really get in. Like we see coaches get mad, but like Juwan kind of gets into it with coaches like this a lot. And it's something that, you know, maybe now it going this far, he'll he'll kind of be able to think on it and, and understand that as a coach, you do, especially as a head coach, you, you, you have to carry yourself a little bit like as an assistant, you can you can mouth off a little bit more. And as a player, even you can as a head coach. And no, I mean, nobody can be smacking someone in, in the face like that. Right. OK, that's that's a good that's a good description. I yeah, because I wasn't sure. I definitely think Greg Gard should have been suspended another game because by not suspending him and just finding him. You were basically saying you were kind of involved. When there was like a back and forth that led to the scrum and both coaches were acting childish, like you said, you know, not really like taking ownership of their teams. And then yeah. I think they should have also suspended him because it's this sense, this, you want to send a message about this and you sent it with Jawan, but you also want to send it with the other head coach. When you get into these kind of arguments as a head coach and then you see the players get into a fight directly after because of your initial fight... That's, like, not good. You don't want that for college basketball. So, you know, you want to send a message, I think, and I don't think they got it 100% right. I think the suspension for Jawan Howard was enough. I think it could have been more considering his past a little bit. I think they could have suspended him up until, you know, yeah, I think it could have been a little more. I, I'm glad it wasn't because I do, I do want him to have his chance to coach in the, you know, Big Ten stuff, and, and I think that The way that's... the schedule plays out, yeah. Right, yeah, of course, but, uh, but yeah. I think, I th like, I think, I, I, I excuse what you're saying, where it's like, because, what, he's going to miss five games? Say right. this was a week ago, week and a half ago, and he was going to miss seven or eight games, I would still be like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think him being suspended for the rest of the season is is a, is a fine call. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I don't know. How, I, I just don't see how you don't suspend guard at least one game. Just one game, and, yeah. And just a sense of, of, of like, because it, cause it's one of those things where it really is like, no, this isn't like just a like This is intolerable. Like, it cannot happen. Right. And it's like basically saying the, the, the bad thing was the hit. Like, that was the biggest deal. And like, while it's the thing we're focusing on the most, the biggest deal was that they had two coaches who were irked about something that really didn't matter at the end of the day, and neither of them could let it go. And it was like, both of you need to let that stuff go. Both of you. You don't need to be pressing right now. And you don't need to be, you know, calling this timeout about it. And like, regardless, if you're mad about the timeout, if you're mad about the pressing, big deal. One of you won, one of you lost, move on. Honestly. Like, geez. <laughs> it's ridiculous. That's why I'm more from like, because like, Juwan really is the one that's probably more in the wrong. But a lot of it is just like, course, yeah. just like dude, it's just like, dude, you won. There's no reason for you to, because like, at the end of the day, like you said, like, the, the, the hit that's the big that's the big thing and, and the thing that is like we can never allow any something like that to happen again but the hit doesn't happen without some foreplay and it, it takes it takes two to tango yeah exactly. and guard and guard did guard did his part in in making that occur a nice wisconsin michigan tango really uh <laughs> really fun to watch you know when it's on the dance floor not so much on the basketball court uh so iowa getting another good win this time 
against yeah. uh, Michigan State. You know, they're ranked 25. Keegan Murray having his, like, 12th 25-point game of the season. Him and Chris Murray really are the keys. They got some good shooting from Bohannon. They can really do some damage. Um, obviously, hasn't been there all the time, but but if it, if it can get consistent. Rarely. Rarely. That's fair. Um, I mean, I'm looking at this. I've never season. heard a player. It's so funny because, like, every announcer and everyone is always just like, there's the three-point specialist, Jordan Bohannon, and as someone who's watched – most of Jordan, you know, over 90% of Jordan Mahanen's games, and be like, he really isn't. Like, he's made a lot because he's played so much, but, like, nobody that you should be like, oh, here comes a three-point specialist, should be missing that many open threes, and he misses so many of them. He just takes so many threes, it's ridiculous. And But they're playing well. We're not even talking about it negatively. No, we're not. But, but, But what I want to talk about is you look at the rest of the schedule, and besides the Illinois game, we should win out. Like, that's the only game that I see us dropping. Um, should, could. Should and could. But, like, I look at some of the others, like Michigan, for example. Their last games are against Rutgers, us, Illinois, Ohio State, Michigan State. Like, they could lose all of those games, like, very fairly. Sure. And so I look at our schedule. I think for the most part we're well, the we favorites. Definitely, definitely should beat Nebraska and Northwestern. Right. I'm never going to say you should win in Michigan. At like on the like anytime you're on the road in the Big Ten, it's tough to say should win, um, because it's just college basketball is just tough. Um, but I think they have a great chance to. It, it'll be interesting to see how the Michigan team responds right. because I think, especially a team that was starting to trend right, if if they can use this to to come together, then they'll be a force to be reckoned with. If it you know kind of brings out those cracks we saw in the year, then then maybe you do start saying they should. But yeah, the, the Illinois. I think you're right, where as a Hawkeye fan, you can look at it optimistically and be like, really, we we should we should finish this. this I, yeah, yeah, you can say we should finish the season with only one more loss, at worst. At worst, yeah. And I think, yeah, we look good, but the tournament is such a different beast, right, than saying we look good in, in regular season play. And so, so here's what I'm thinking. I'm going to ask you two different scenarios. So Iowa... You know, they let's say they don't fall apart here at the end. Like they they only lose to Illinois. What are you expecting from them in the Big Ten tournament? Like, how do you think they have a chance of of winning it, or are we saying like they they're going to go to the Final Four of it? Like, wh- where do you think they end up in the Big Ten tournament? Oh gosh, I probably quarterfinals. Just Quarters? because the top, just because the top, like. There's a very good chance we'll probably be playing Purdue, Illinois, um, Wisconsin, or I guess who would be the fourth team? Who am I, who am I missing? Oh, maybe they Ohio all drop. State. Maybe those three are the only th- three that are scary. I, I don't feel that too scared about Ohio State really anymore. Obviously, after we play beat them or Michigan State. So I, I'll, I'll 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 still say tentatively say quarters because I, I think we'll probably finish. I'd be surprised if we finish at the five or the four seed. And and as well as we're playing. I'm not going to pick us to play to beat probably either of those three teams. I just think all three of those teams are really, really good. So right. quarters. Okay. Which is fine. Quarters. We'll take Which quarters. Okay, so let's say we end with a seven seed. We go into the tournament. What What do you think the farthest we can get in the tournament is? Like, what are you realistically realistically thinking of this team? I I think because of Keegan, I think Sweet 16 like right. I, I think he's, I think he's good enough, and the the role play. I mean, like 
God, Chris Murray needs to stop playing so well. I want one more year of Chris. He's, he's starting to play too good. He's going to make the scouts start looking at him. So I'd like all the supporting guys are, are starting to play better. And, and, and I think really finding a groove. And yeah, I think when you have a guy even more so than, than Garza, just because the way Garza played, he was a little, it's kind of like how we talked about like Westbrook, like you, you kind of change your game all around him and it does become around him. The way Keegan plays, it he's he doesn't require that, you know. He he's a very easy dude to be playing with and have him have twenty five points. So him being able to do that while also helping the other guys like play their game more effectively, I think I think they can do sweet sixteen. You know, he reminds me of like a you know this is like a big. I'm not saying this is where he's going necessarily career wise, but he reminds me of like a Scotty Pippen a little bit. Like he he is a great distributor. He's got a great defend. Yeah, I mean he is easy to play with. He does make everybody around Dude, him better. He's already probably a better shooter than Scotty. That three point shot, that improvement he's Lights made on that this year out. has been nuts. I like I, that has been the biggest thing that I don't think I would have seen coming. Not that he was a bad shooter last year, but he is he get, is so good on the on the catch and shoot now. Even when there's a dude coming in his face and he's oh, he's so good. Yeah. I, like him and him and Fran like I I applaud Fran. This is like certainly a lot of it is just Keegan's growth, but I'd say this is Fran's best coaching job at Iowa. Um because I I literally was like, "Man, I hope we make the NIT." Now I think we can maybe make a little noise in the NCAA tournament, and that's crazy to me. And and it is like I I bitched and moaned about Fran, and, and he's easy to complain about. But I think you you look at where where we were and where he has us now, where we're probably going to make think I might I might be wrong on this, but maybe our fourth straight tourney and our basically third straight season. I know it's only two different players, but third straight season of having a guy be in the National Player of the Year conversation like that the sign of, of of a guy who's who's built up a good program so fran uh, deserves his due as well yeah give fran a hand love it love it give fran a little round of applause uh yeah i also see sweet 16 as kind of where i'm hoping we go it'll depend on what that second round matchup is uh obviously yeah. but i think sweet 16 we get like we... two seed kentucky nah. yeah yeah not happening tashib wade's gonna have 30 rebounds yeah <laughs> He, like he, he'll have thirty rebounds without even trying. Happen. He'll just gonna like, yeah. Um, but I, I think we can beat a Duke. Yeah, I think we can be. I think we can beat Baylor. I think we can beat a Kansas. I like. I think. I think we can. You think we can? Think beat we can Baylor? hang. Yeah, the way Baylor's played this year, oh, especially man. against like good teams like uh, like us. I I actually feel. I didn't say Texas Tech. Yeah, I wouldn't say Texas Tech because they're they're on fire a little bit, but. I think if they, we beat they, Baylor and went to the Sweet 16, I would be I would be thinking higher. I'd be like, let's go Elite Eight. Let's go Elite well, Eight. Once you beat like I mean, when, yeah, if you're able to beat the two seed, then automatically you're like, ah, we can. Anything happens. Right. Exactly. Um, a team that was having high high thoughts. We were really high on them. Obviously, they're still really really great. But I, I just want to know what your thoughts on this month were. They dropped two games this month, two spots in the AP rankings. Uh, Auburn obviously having that loss to Florida. Um, which which I said was not possible, and then they went out and did it. So good 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 on you, Florida. You shut me up. Oh, a little Castellanos bit. or not? Yeah. Castellanos. I keep saying his Appleby. Wrong, I think. No, no, no I'm talking about their big. I'm talking about their big guy. Oh, um, um yeah, his Castleton. Uh, 
Castleton. Yeah. Yeah. He, he started, he started playing really well when he plays well. And obviously Appleby went off too, but I'd be like, for me, when I've watched them, when he like, and makes himself, you know, impactful on offense and defense, that's when they seem to win more games. <laughs> That's fair. No, that's fair. Um, but what are we looking at? Because now it's Gonzaga, Arizona, and then Auburn. Do you think Auburn's still the best team in the nation, or you think they have, you know, those losses have like taken the sheen off a little bit of this team? Yeah, I, if you ask me right now, best team in the nation, I, I'm going to go Purdue. Um, I've okay. said Purdue most of the most of the year, and, and I, I just do think come tournament time they are they're just they're just going to be so so tough to beat because their offense is so good. And, and like, it's, you can be like, well, you're going to have a bad offensive get night, but it's tough to have a bad offensive night when you have so many options. Like you're going to have to have a lot of guys be pretty bad. And two of those guys in, in Travion Williams and, and Edie are, you know, low post play. Like they're not going to be jump shooters trying to find their shot. So I do think Purdue's the best, but I, I don't think like there's anything all that worrisome with Auburn. You know, they, they lose on the road and overtime to Arkansas, they lose by one, on the road to Florida to their first two losses in conference play. It, it would have been a hell of a run if they were able to go through, you know, a major conference like the SEC undefeated. Um, and they can still, they're still in prime position to, to win the regular season and, and get the, the number one seed that, that I think they still deserve. So I, I don't think there's anything too worrisome about Auburn, even though I'd probably say Purdue is, is my number one team at the moment. Okay, so rank these teams. Purdue, Auburn, Gonzaga, Arizona. I'll go I'll go Purdue, Zags, Auburn, Arizona. Okay, so you still think Zags are better than Auburn? Yeah, right now I'll take I'll take just because Chet's Chet's starting to play really, really well. And and Auburn does have that great Auburn's size would be able to match up well. I, I think Jabari is big enough to, to battle with Chet or, or with Timmy and, and Kessler um on on the other um but but homegrown's starting to play really really well and and i, I just think gonzaga's played deeper as a, auburn auburn relies a little bit more on their starting lineup gonzaga's the zags got got a few more bench guys that can impact the game so i'll go i'll go zags number two right now okay good that's 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 what i wanted to i wanted to get that info from you all right you talked about uconn upsetting you in the in the bets last night they beat villanova yeah. last night and we've been Cause talking Yannick, about you. Because said Villanova should win. I had the bet on Villanova, then I saw that story, Yannick, and I was so I saw the story on our Instagram, and I was like, Yannick just fucked me. He just oh, fucked yeah. me. <laughs> sorry. He didn't even up. knowingly do it. I didn't even know. It's funny because I wrote my notes. It's not the only team I messed up by writing things before I should have. I wrote my notes for this episode, wanting to talk about how Florida really shut me up, and then they went and lost to Arkansas. And now it's like they're in the same spot. So I, it's uh, I have to stop doing that. I really well. Do. No, you're you're doing you're doing good because if if Arkansas if they would have beaten you you're looking okay right now because Florida's still if they would have beaten Arkansas you would look you'd look too bad. Yeah, that's fair. You don't, that's you don't fair. need two two big wins in a row. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, but UConn beats Villanova, and and we've been talking about UConn being less than stellar, but here they are. Their first 20-win season since 2015. And and Villanova, we were talking about reasserting themselves as Big East favorites. But here they are losing to UConn. 
So, are we underestimating Yukon and Sonogo and all those players, or were we overestimating Villanova and Gillespie, or, or are we doing were we doing both? What happened in this game? I, I think the Big East as a whole just isn't that good. Yeah, you know, like I like I think Villanova is a good team. I think Providence is a good team. I I, I think they're gonna get they're gonna Marquette get probably a good team. Seven Marquette's fine. Uh, Seton Hall's fine. Xavier's fine. But like all those teams will try, probably get in. Creighton got to get like they're, they're probably gonna get like seven teams in. But they're a conference that I don't see anyone going past the Sweet 16. Maybe not even the round of 32. Like it, it kind of depends on where Providence falls seed side. But like we've seen Providence as a two or a three seed. If the Hawkeyes get Providence at a two, I'd be pumped. Like that they they don't scare me. So the conference as a whole, I just don't think is that strong. And and you saw it last night with Villanova. It reminded me of their game with UCLA. Like, Villanova had that game won. It was over and done with. And they just don't have that sort of – that killer. Like, as good as Gillespie is, he, he's not – he's not good enough and he doesn't have enough help around him. Maybe that's more – maybe it's more like Samuel. Maybe, like, he's just asked to do a little too much. Sometimes I even think he just tries to do too much. Um yeah, because last night that's what a lot of I mean, it was a, a charge on him on the on the last possession. There was a jump ball where he, I, Yannick, I don't know why any player gets the ball in the backcourt and doesn't dribble. Why are you getting the ball, holding onto it by the out of bounds line, and just waiting for them to put you in, into a, a, a held ball? I, I, it pisses me off so much. And you it was a bad decision by Gillespie. Matt's gesticulating, like he's, he's showing me. He's physically like showing me what what he what makes him it's, upset about. It's this. so dumb. And maybe yeah. I'd give him a pass if he was if he's a freshman. Connor Gillespie cannot be making that play, but that kind of just embodies Villanova to me. Which, as typical, kind of as Villanova, like Providence is going to win the regular season, but I still think we feel like as Villanova goes, the Big East goes. And this year, I, I just think it's it's a. Uh, it's a deep conference. It's not a conference, though, that, that I think is, is going to make a lot of uh, turning noise. Like I was, I, I'm saying right now, Big East maximum one team in the Sweet 16. Yeah, I'm going to go further. I'm not picking a Big East team in the Sweet 16. I'm not going to. I agree with you. The Big East is weak, and there's no team that I think is on the rise that they're going to cause an upset, nor any of the top teams that are solid enough that they're not going to be upset. So I think by that round of 32... In my bracket, I'm not picking any of them. I think that's the if you if in my well, head if some, you want it comes down to some matchups, you know. Sometimes it's like, oh yeah, yeah you're you yeah. you got the lucky draw for sure. But yeah, I think I agree with you. Like on on fate, like that's why I'm just going one because like Providence could end this thing with with the two seed and get not like like we might be a seven. I think we're a deadly seven. Sometimes sevens aren't that dead. Like Providence could have an easier road to the Sweet Sixteen. That's fair. But like, but I think like. If you're saying anything at a four or, or higher, nah, I'm not taking any of those Big East teams. Unless the five seed you're playing is really not all that good, and, and I don't – yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's fair. It's going to be it's – t- it's, it's, it's tough to make those proclamations without seeing how it's going to line up because you just never – you never know. But, but, but I, I, agree with, I agree with you where it's like you can't look at this team and have any – and I do think you can confidently say, like, none of them are going to be in the Elite Eight. Not, not unless someone decides to really, like, have a different season all of a sudden. Like, maybe, but, right. like, I doubt it. And Or I just... you get, like, a real lucky, you know, 
the the nine seed beats the one seed, and then you've got an easier nine seed to put. Right. That's but, the other thing with the tournament. Like you can make these, and then like, oh, that's why it's the best thing in the world. Love it. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. But yeah, that's that's what I agree with. I don't really have a lot to say about UConn, like good for them. But I think this said more about Villanova than it did about UConn. So I think we're in agreement there. Uh, the Big Ten carousel, right? It's been fun. I, I want to know how competitive, though, you think the Big Ten is. Like, I'm going to give you some teams, right? We talked about Iowa, and they should kind of do a little bit of a win out here besides the Illinois game. And we talked about Michigan, right? They play Rutgers, Illinois, MSU, Iowa, Ohio State. They might lose out, right? And and these are all teams that are vying for spots. Um, so, you know, they, they, they are competitive in the Big Ten. And my question to you is, do you think that there's so much... Last year, for example, I think there was so much um, chaos in the Big Ten because there were so many decent teams. This year, is it the same or is it that they're not going to compete as well with other conferences and they're just all at each other's level. Like Illinois, Wisconsin, Ohio State, which of those teams do you see actually making a run past the Sweet 16? Yeah, no, well, and that's talked about a lot with the Big Ten. I I don't think that's a a, a real thing of like, oh, they beat themselves so much in the regular season, that's why they didn't get it. Like, there hasn't been a Big Ten national champion since the year 2000. I believe Michigan State was 2000. Maybe it was 2000. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I think 2001 was Duke. Um, and it, it really is hard for me to believe, especially over the last decade where I think the Big Ten has been the premier conference. It's tough for me to be like, oh, yeah, all that big seat, like in-season games made it. You were too beat up to win six games in a row in a tournament. I, seems, seems, I think more so the Big Ten, and I think kind of what you're getting at is it's like, oh, is it really, really, like, deep and, and have a lot of good teams, or does it actually have elite teams? I just don't think it has had as many elite teams mm. over the years, even when it has been the best conference, because that's always the question. You're like, all right, you, you might have the best conference. How many of your teams are, are actually going to do it? This year, I mean, I just said Purdue, I, I think, is my favorite. I've had Purdue in the Final Four since the end of last year, um, and I think they will make it. I think they have a great chance. I think Wisconsin, depending draw wise, I, I think could make could make a real big run. Especially like I, I think if Wisconsin's like a four seed, I think they'd be a real deadly four seed. Like I would not want to be the number one seed that has to play them in the Sweet Sixteen. Um, and I and I, I I think honestly I think all three of those teams have a legitimate chance to get past the Sweet Sixteen. Um, if I was gonna really be like tough, tough, you're a Final Four team. I think Purdue's the only one I, I really would say is one. Okay, but I but I don't think Wisconsin or Illinois is all that far off. I, I don't. Okay, that's that's good to that's good to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's that that is what I was. But that's thinking. it. Yeah, but that's it. And like, and I kind of think like I think the Hawkeyes and Rutgers might be the Big Ten's next best chance to have a team make it some noise. Like I, I don't think Michigan State and, and really even Ohio State are, are going to do much. Right, I agree. They haven't looked like they're going to do much, and and Rutgers on the meanwhile. I mean, do, is is Rutgers currently in the running to make it? I'm 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 not one hundred percent sure. I, they're they're right on the cusp. It's it's going to be in the positive or the I, negative. I I I I don't. I mean, I've seen I've seen it both ways. Okay. All right. Interesting. I think I would. I think for the most part, I think just on the outside. But okay. I think if they if they can win a few more games. I, I think you have to put them in. 
because that four game stretch and then and then the game that like lost them that win streak was against Purdue. Like they beat four ranked teams in a row and then still battled pretty well with Purdue. Like there's there's not a, a team that has a more impressive four game stretch this year, I, I don't think. I would have to go through schedule by schedule, but like that you'd have to find a really tough four games in a row to beat that that bit of good. And like even with Michigan State kind of faltering and Ohio State not being maybe as good as like we thought they were, like they're still good teams. And uh, so I, I think you have to put them in for that. But, you know, it also – they could lose their next couple games, which I think are all – they should they should win most of their games to end this season. And, and then they're done. They can't, they can't afford any bad sort of losses. Yeah, I think for me, this next game against Michigan tonight – uh, is going to be the one that decides. I think that's yeah, going to decide. Yeah. If they lose, the, I yeah, agree. Because then they play Wisconsin next. They could win that, but they do play Wisconsin next. That's a harder win. Their last two games are against Indiana, Penn State. That doesn't really give you anything. Um, so I think this game is really going to decide it for both teams. I think if Michigan loses to Rutgers, they have to play Illinois after that. So that's going to be a second straight loss for them as well. And I think yeah, that... Uh, this feels like an alumni. Rutgers might... If Rutgers loses tonight, where's where is the game? Where actually where's tonight in the Indiana game? I'm pulling up their schedule. Right, yeah, so tonight's, um, tonight's game is is uh, is at Michigan. It's on the road at Michigan. So they might be able to survive a loss at Michigan or at Indiana, one of them, if they also beat Wisconsin and then I think make a little noise in the Big Ten tournament. But I think but I think you're right. I think it's a much if you're trying to be Rutgers, I think it's a much better idea to go three and one and have the loss be to Wisconsin than beat Wisconsin again and lose to one of these. It, not that on the road to either of these guys is, is going to be a bad loss, but I, I just think the loss to Wisconsin's more forgivable. You get a couple road wins, like yeah, this yeah. is a big one. And I think and, and I agree. If Michigan loses this, they're they're done. Yeah, because they're also losing it on the back of losing their coach. So it's just really going to send them into a tailspin. And then they have to play Illinois, which is a loss. Michigan State, which is a toss-up. Iowa, which I think we're better than them. And Ohio State, which is a toss-up. So I think they'll they'll just start a streak that's not going to help them out. Rutgers, I see if they can go 3-1 and one, uh, and they can you know go to the quarters, I think, of the Big Ten. I think they're secure. But we shall see. And... Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I don't know how many of these teams are competitive. I do agree. I think we're more competitive than, than many of the teams that are technically have been ranked above us for most of the time, um, just because of how we're built and the player that we have. Um, you know, we've been ranked below Michigan State for a long time up until recently, and we're much better all, than Michigan all year. State. We're much better than Michigan and State. Even th- and even this week, I've never seen this before, Jan, so we're 25th, obviously. We're 25th with 59 votes. Michigan State would technically be 26 if they, it went that far. They had 58 votes. Oh like we God. had one vote above them to be ranked above them, and then we just shellacked them. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, it, was a, it was a statement game. I agree. And, you know, honestly, coming into that game, I, I, like, I was confident. There's yeah, very, very few times in my entire life, no matter how good we are, no matter how bad Michigan State is, that I'm like, I feel – pretty comfortable that we're gonna do well like and they did even better than i thought they killed it they tore the tires off them yeah they really did um all right well that's the um kind of team run through matt i'm gonna ask you a question now again something else i don't understand about college basketball that i need i need you to help me clear up uh i got you so 
I'm looking at these teams, right, and we discussed kind of teams that are on the verge of falling out of the tournament, on the verge of getting in. And I wanted to do a segment today on, like, oh, you know, who should, who who can still make it in, who will still make it out. But with so many games left to play, and this first four in, first four out, like, is the... So, like, you look at the first four in, first four out. Are there a lot of teams on those bubbles that are going to drop? Or is it kind of set in stone based on schedule? Like, how can we look at those? Is it kind of like a... Because I'm used to, for example, football playoffs, basketball playoffs, where it's, like, a certain amount of games and you're in or out. But, like, with this, there's so many things to take into account in conference and in and strength of schedule and, and all of this stuff in the tournament that you're... In the conference you play and all that stuff. Um... <laughs> First four in, first four out. How do they determine that? Like what, like, you know, what well, goes into that? So, I mean, the toughest thing with like keeping track of all that is nobody actually knows, you yeah. know, like it's, okay. it's all, it's all a guess. So okay. like every first four out, every first four in that you see is the journalist who, I mean, most of those guys, their sole job is to pick the, the right teams and they usually get them right. Um, not always the seating. They're not all that great at the seating. They usually get the right 68 teams, but so, so it's tough to gauge. It really like most of the time, if you see your team first four in first four out, it basically just means like you're, it's a coin toss for you right now, which is, is also kind of one of those things where it's like, all right, if you go and win four games, you can probably get off that, that seed line and, and get yourself a little secure. Or, you know, if you have a bad loss, you might get yourself. So it's more of a gauge of like where you're at, tier wise than really like all right that's number 68 and that's number 69 like you're the you're the first team out um just because it, the, the at-large selection is all just subjective um or you know somewhat uh so that's tough but it's also tough too because like Loyola chicago might get the the automatic bid but they're also talked about in in the first four out first four in sort of discussion but like Loyola Chicago has no more games on their schedule that are that's going to help them. Like there's there's nothing they can do to move that sort of measure because they don't have enough good teams to play. They do have enough teams in their play to play where if they lose one game, they can push themselves back. Where, like again, we talked about before, there's other teams with Rutgers, Florida, where you're gonna have games where you actually could build up that resume and get more, you know secure and get yourself a better seed because you also don't want to have the playing game the playing game sucks yeah it's i like uh, i like it for basketball wise but like when iowa made it it was like oh we're in the tournament but you're not you don't really feel like you're in the tournament until you win that game you just have another chance to disappoint on a national stage basically it's and indeed they did and indeed indeed they did um yeah i so like let's say iowa right pretty strong seven seed and I'm going to knock on some wood a lot. I'm knocking on wood. Everyone's hearing me knock on wood. No one can blame me for saying this. I just have a question. So let's say Iowa loses out four straight games and gets eliminated first round of the Big Ten tournament. Is there a chance they don't make the tournament then, or are they already secure? I think I think there's a chance. I, oh, I, like, I, think, then, I think that then, and then they're on – because they could probably go to – they could lose to Michigan and Illinois – we're fine. But that road game to Nebraska would not be a good loss. And a home loss to Northwestern would be bad. Like those two would hurt us so much. 
And and even though the Michigan State and Ohio State wins were really nice and, and really have helped us be like, okay, yeah, they're they're in. Our resume, there's still our, our only two quad one wins where I have to imagine both those losses to Northwestern and Nebraska would be quad three at least, which is not not good. Yeah. Okay. Well thank you for clearing that up. I it's always interesting. So they win those next so they win those next two games or in the tournament without a doubt. Okay. Yeah, because it's always confusing because I see them as a seven seed and I know that there's 16 seeds that you can have and it makes me feel like they're absolutely in. Like what could those 16 seeds do that would make Iowa the 16th seed? But there is so much that goes into that from different conferences. Well, so. right, because then to, like a major conference team never going to be a 16 seed, a 15 seed. I think we've seen like at times them maybe be like a 14 or 13 or a 12 or 14 or 13 if – you won your conference tournament and that was the only, and like, but otherwise you had like a really bad record then sometimes, but even like last year, like Oregon state won the PAC 12 and that was the only way they made it. And I think they were still an 11. Uh, like, yeah, an 11. So it, you're really fighting for teams up to like the 12 seed max when you're talking about at large bids. Okay. That's good to know. Good to know. Okay. Thanks for that, Matt. Let's go into Saturday picks. Uh, do you have the record that we currently are? Did did we did we make any changes? I do, I do. Also, um, I forgot. I'm so glad I just remembered this. Uh, this is thanks to Sports Center. I, I really love that we're talking about this uh, uh, fight and everything um, because uh, this is the I believe. Let me do my math here. The 37th anniversary of the year that Bobby Knight. Threw a chair on the floor. <laughs> yes, Bobby Knight. Oh, an, another great, yep, 37 years. 1985, February 23rd. So uh, another, uh, yeah, another great moment of Big Ten coaches just filled with composure and class. Uh, our record, I finally beat you on a week. The Arkansas Razorbacks helped me get it done. I went four and one. You went three and two. You're still killing it. Eleven and four overall. I'm nine and six. So okay, I can, I can make up. up. Some... Maybe this yeah. maybe this week we'll we'll have the differences. Let's pick our games for Saturday. Lots of exciting games going on. Uh, we'll see if Matt can catch up or if I will extend my lead. Uh, we'll see. All right, we got Kentucky versus Arkansas. Obviously. Arkansas beating Florida, showing that they are still a formidable SEC team. They've had some inconsistencies, but they're still very good. Kentucky can be hot and cold, but he did have that monster double-double against Alabama, and they are looking relatively good right now. Questions about Sheepway, can he take on the responsibility that is always posed to him? Yes or no. Who do you got between Kentucky and Arkansas in an SEC-ranked clash? Yeah, this is this is a big one. The the SEC in general with this one and then the next game we're playing or picking uh, Auburn Tennessee. It's the two games that'll really kind of shape the the SEC regular season champion. A chance for for Auburn to to maybe kind of clinch it. Chance for Kentucky to go and and, and throw their uh, hat into the ring. Same with uh, with Tennessee and Arkansas. Arkansas, like hottest team in the country. I know that their their win streak uh, finally came to an end when they went to Alabama, sixty eight, sixty seven, but. Three wins in a row, including over Tennessee and Florida. Unfortunately, no, no, uh, no, no. Okay, I'm going to give my praise to Sheway. Oscar Sheway is player of the year. Uh, easily for me, the, the guy's an absolute monster. I don't remember for somebody rebounding like this since Paul Millsap at Louisiana Tech. 
he, he's just such a force. And, and the way he gets his points without like even being a part of the offense is incredible. We'll see what Kentucky does. They, they've had some guys out with injury. I worry sometimes when you don't have like guys in, especially when you're, you're young players, bringing them into the fold later into the season. I, I think sometimes it can actually disrupt the team more than help them. Um, but this game, I, I'm going to go with the hotter team, though. Uh, I still love Kentucky in March, and, and Toshibwe is why. But Arkansas, like I said, hottest team in the country, particularly at home. I got the Razorbacks winning. There you go. I'm going with Shibwe. He's a monster, and he's going he's gonna to use that rebounding um, to help Kentucky to win. I think it's going to be close. Um, and I do agree with you that Arkansas is, is a very, very hot team. Um, but I just they got the best player in the, in the league. So Oscar Chibwe, Kentucky, getting the win over Arkansas. So there we go. That's one game we differ on already. It's going to be an exciting weekend. Auburn, Tennessee. Who's going to win this one? Obviously, Auburn having that loss to Florida over Saturday. Like you said, a lot up for grabs in the SEC in these two games. You know, Tennessee, they have uh, kind of had some ups and downs. They had a good win over Kentucky. Uh, then they lost by 10 to Arkansas. But again, between the SEC, that happens a lot. Their defense is formidable. I really like their defensive scheme. And I think Auburn's got one more loss in them. So I'm going to pick Tennessee uh, in this game. I think Auburn is going to kind of slow the brakes a little bit with this loss. I'm not saying that they're not um, still formidable and all of that stuff. But I'm going to go with Tennessee to look for a win and, and get it with their defense in this game. Yeah, like you said, both teams still fighting for the big regular season implications. Uh, Auburn has has somewhat looked looked vulnerable, but not not all that much. Uh, I, I'm again, like I'm just not all that worried that that a team that has consistently won all year now that they, they drop a couple very close ones on the road, um, and even the Florida one. I heard the CBS Sports uh, basketball podcast. Auburn hasn't beaten Florida at Florida since 1996. Um, so a a place that that it's also just kind of tough. I've picked against Tennessee because of their lack of offense almost every time it has done me well, almost every time Uh, they they certainly don't have enough firepower to hang with Auburn when Auburn's clicking. I I do think Auburn and those senior guards, Wendell Green and Katie Johnson, they they need to do a better job of making sure that they get Jabari Smith, the ball. Um, those guys are both really, really confident in their play. and, And it's part of what makes Auburn so good. And it's that swagger that Bruce Pearl brings. But at the end of the day, only one of those guys is going to be a top three pick in the NBA. I mean, you got a 6'10 kid who, who can, you know, play the shooting guard position. You, you got to get him the ball. Um, and, and it's on those, those veteran guards to, to make sure that gets done. All right. Well, there you go. So you're picking Auburn then, correct? I am. All right. Well, there you go. So we beat each in these two SEC teams. We each picked an upset. And we each picked a favorite. So we'll see. We'll see who's right and 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 who's wrong here. It's gonna be. We'll see uh, who the we'll see who the favorites are. Actually, I bet I bet Tennessee and Arkansas are both favorite. They're both at home. Won't be uh, much. I think that probably uh, Arkansas is not the favorite. I see Kentucky as the favorite in that one. The and like Vegas wise. Oh no no not Vegas wise no not Vegas wise. We're yeah. talking Vegas. No, I think wise. I think Arkansas I think Arkansas and Tennessee Tennessee will probably be the favorites. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Wise. So. Um. Yeah, I mean, just because so, they're, they're at home. Yeah, that's they're at home and they're and they're ranked. I mean, it was just on the road, but I mean, even like right. last night, UConn, like UConn. Part of the reason I bet on Villanova is because UConn was favored. 
Right. No, fair, fair, fair. So uh, we're both picking a, against Vegas in one sense and picking with them, and that's always dangerous. So we'll see what happens. We'll see. We'll see, though. The, yeah. Both those games will be interesting lines to see because I could also see Kentucky or Auburn being the favorite. And uh, anytime you can get a, a, a road or a home underdog, not a bad bet. Yeah, there you go. All right, Texas Tech TCU. Texas Tech pummeling TCU earlier this month. Uh, kind of went on a hot run against Baylor in Texas. But TCU is still looking for some action here at the end. And I, as I like to say, the teams that you know need to play well often put a little extra into these games. And you always, you know, hot teams always come to an end a little bit. So uh, it's wondering, can Texas Tech keep it up up until the end of the season? Is that the kind of team the Red Raiders are? They continue their streak here against TCU? Yeah, I'm taking Texas Tech all the way. I uh, Like I said, I, I, I didn't bring them up earlier because I, I do think Texas Tech is the Big 12's best chance at a Final Four team. It's mostly just because when they play the top competition, <clears throat> they play their best. Uh, hmm. Three and one combined against KU and Butler. That lone loss was at Allen Fieldhouse in double overtime, so they almost did the season sweep of those guys. This team's elite defensively, offensively that they're clicking. It's been an incredible job by, by the first-year head coach, uh, Adams there, who, uh, you know, longtime guy who coaches a lot like Chris Beard. So it's it's not – it hasn't been that much of a changeover. It, it looks like a, a Chris Beard Texas Tech team, and, and we know those teams certainly do well in, in March – it is a big, big game for TCU because I think it's a win or a game for TCU where you can say they I think they have to be on the outside looking in right now. As far right. as bubble is, this would be a win where you start saying, OK, now, now you're building a little bit of a resume have a little bit more of, a, of an argument. So Texas Tech will get a fight, but but I just think Texas Tech's too, too good. I agree. It's a game that TCU needs to win in my eyes to really spark any like like decent hope like they could have hope later on obviously but any like real like secure chance of them making the tournament they would need a win like this and i think it could do a lot for them but i think texas tech is too good and too hot to lose this game so i think texas tech wins all right wisconsin rutgers rutgers beating wisconsin in this scene the giant killers uh are back can they do the job again against wisconsin the question remains Obviously, they're looking at tournament prospects after that four-game stretch like we talked about. And, uh, yeah, Wisconsin, how do they react after the Michigan game? They played well, obviously, ending kind of in a little bit of a gross, you know, situation. Um, they don't have as much going into it as Michigan does, obviously. But it does it does raise a question about where their team mentality will be going into this game. Um you know what? I this this might lose this might lose me the lead, and I'm okay with that. I'm picking Rutgers to win again. I think I that they are the hot team. I agree. I trust them more um, than most Big Ten teams that are above them. All hail the Big Ten chaos. Ron Harper Jr. is a monster. Let's go. Rutgers gets the upset over Wisconsin. I love it. I love it. This is going to be our most disagreements uh, so far. In, Good. In, I'm in glad. Picking. We've been. Yeah, it's about time. We've been a little too. Because I, I, I am going to go with Sconey. Um, like I said, and we talked about earlier, not going to find a more impressive stretch than, than what Rutgers had just, you know, a couple weeks ago. Um, really going from, you know, a tournament afterthought to now at least being in the middle of that discussion and putting themselves with the chance to, to make it. I'm going to go with Wisconsin just because it, it's so tough to beat a team twice, particularly a team like Wisconsin, just the way that they play. Um it's it's going to be a slugfest. It's going to be forty three to forty two, whatever the over over under is. Bet the under. Um, but I'm going to take I'm going to take the Badgers to to get a tough road win. I love that. I love it. I love it. All right. In the last game, we got two Big Twelve heavyweights. 
I got a question. So, Kansas and Baylor. Final four aspirations. Do you see them for either of these teams? Not like, can they? Of course they can. Do you see either of these teams in the final four? I don't. Um, right. I see Kansas. I see Kansas more so than than Baylor. But Baylor is Baylor's youth. I think is just like hurt hurt them. And and you know part of the reason that I've been so impressed with Auburn this year is because it is so many like transfers, freshmen. You know, guys that are playing first year together. That's what a lot of Baylor is, and they and they still have been incredible. Um, but I, I think it's it's hurt them a little bit more. And, and KU, I, I love Christian Braun. They have some good size, but like Baji. I just I'm not sure he's a killer enough to really push them through. So I see it more from Kansas than Baylor, but yeah, I don't I don't see. I mean, like I said, I, I think Texas Tech is is the the final four team from the Big Twelve that I see. Very good. Okay, so then are you picking Kansas over Baylor in this weekend's big 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 Twelve matchup? I'm I'm gonna take Baylor for the sole fact that they're playing at home because this this game feels like a as much of a toss up as you can get. Like I I think they're I think they're just two really, really even teams. They're both going to play some incredible defense, efficient offense, um, and, and it's going to be coming down to just making the plays. As I said, Igbaji doesn't shoot as well on the road, um, while the Baylor shot makers, guys like Mayer, uh, certainly Akinjo, uh, shoot a whole lot better at home. So, so I think the that home sort of field goal shooting percentage is, is what's going to twist in, in favor, and just you know the home uh, atmosphere is what will – Get Baylor a very, very close one, one possession victory. Right. I agree. Neither of these teams are top final four teams. I think the one most likely to do it is Kansas. I think a win for them here would really push them into that conversation more if they could come out here and do well on the road. I've kind of been picking based on my faith in the big players. I did that earlier with Chibwe. I did that earlier with Ron Hopper Jr. I'm going to do it again. I'm going with Akbaji and Kansas to get the win on the road. Um, he's going to have to take on that responsibility of shooting better at some point. I think he does it here. I think it does Kansas well going into the postseason. And uh, I think Baylor kind of looks on the on the outside of that Final Four aspiration in. Um and Kansas is kind of goes into that conversation with Texas Tech a little more. So I'm going with Kansas. I love it. We are picking different teams down the line except for the Texas Tech game. Uh, so one of us is going to be very right. One of us is going to be very wrong. Um, so I, or, I do love that. Or we're going to split. Or it's going to be like split perfectly. Like we'll, both, we'll obviously both get the Texas Tech. You'll get two right. I'll get two right. We'll both finish like three and two or two and three. Right. Exactly. That usually happens too. Um yeah, so I was going to do some NBA talk, but we can always do NBA talk another day. I feel like it's it's we're at the halfway point. I do have a couple things I want to ask you about the NBA at the halfway point. Um, Chris Paul out for six to eight weeks. How much do you think that affects the Sun season? Obviously, it affects their, their first seed aspirations, but do you think that affects their season overall, considering that they're definitely in the playoffs already? I, I don't. I don't, yeah. and especially especially with the run they had last year. I, like I think it's a team that that has has an understanding of of the playoffs being kind of a season in its own. Um, so I no, I, I think as long as he comes back healthy for for a playoff run, I, they're fine. Okay, so LeBron James showing his awesomeness again at the All Star game, shooting the winner in Akron. Uh, is there anything? I mean, because here's the thing: the teams below them are so bad. Right, that they're not going to not miss the playoffs. Anybody saying they're missing the playoffs don't isn't looking at the teams that would knock them out. They're going to make the play in. But do you think that there's anything 
to be done about this Lakers team that would make you more hopeful? Or are, are they going to win the play-in and go out? Do you think they even win the play-in? They might win the play They might make a little bit of noise in the playoffs. I, they're not they're not even going to make the Western Conference Finals. Like, I, they're not going to. Okay. It, it, and there's there's just nothing they can do with this current kind of roster. And, and, and like, they unless it just all completely changes, but I don't think it's going to, especially with, like, the, like we talk about Chris Paul, like, now nah, the Suns know who they are. They're sitting well. They can afford him to be injured. The, the Lakers cannot afford Anthony Davis to be injured right now. They can't afford any sort of, like, just Step other hurdle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so LeBron James, is he a Laker next year, you think? Do you think he deals with this situation for one more year, or do you think he tries to find another team? Uh, whatever he's... How long is he contracted to? He's going to be a Laker until his contract's up. Okay, you think so? I mean, because he's been talking yeah. about leaving when Bronny leaves, so my thought was maybe he doesn't leave until he needs to for Bronny. Um, but it's an interesting conversation, you know, if this team nah, is not I, doing well, I mean, like, I guess, you'd, I guess you'd wonder what LA looks like at that time. I, I, I certainly would not be surprised if he, I mean, I think there's a great chance that he uh, plays for the Cavaliers again. Um, they're so maybe good. Even they would, win this contract, whatever, yeah. like this contract's up. Yeah. They're so young. Like he, he wouldn't even have to do all that much. Okay. So he's, yeah, he's in contract with them through 23. Um, and then I don't think Bronny's first year could be to like twenty four. Yeah. Also, I like a lot of people are like, well, if Bronny gets to the NBA, look, a team will sign Bronny to get LeBron. Yeah, they will. Yeah, for sure. Leangelo yeah, Ball will. got a flyer because they're like, why not? Like, yeah, he will be on a roster if it just gets them even one season of LeBron. So. Right. Exactly. But, how much? Uh, how bad is he that he can't take up a spot on that bench? <laughs> Yeah, just for the money you would get alone from having LeBron James and his son on the team, like the media around it, the history around, like, yeah, no, a team will take them. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so that's good. So you think he's gonna go through his contract, which is fair. I also think, you know, it's not the ideal it's situation like four, for it's him. Over Forty million dollars. He's still in LA. He's got a ring in LA, and the reason he came to LA, like, of course, it's to win championships. But it's also to do shit like Space Jam. It's to do like he saw how what like Kobe was able to do being in a city like that, and, and I think even probably being in Miami, being like, oh damn, like I, all these other business ventures. He he's in LA for a lot more reasons than just basketball, and he's gonna make sure he takes advantage of that. Right. Okay. Then good. The last thing I have, there's two teams atop the East that everybody agrees aren't gonna win the East, which is just so funny to me. Um. I, it seems unfair a little bit, not going to lie. But uh, the Heat and the Bulls are atop the East, but people agree 76ers, Bucks, Nets, you know, are still going to have like a run at it and are probably more favorites than they are. So who do you think is going to win the East? Do you think it's one of those teams coming up from behind and stealing that? Or do you think there's a chance the Heat or the Bulls, not that they'll go far in the playoffs, obviously, that's a different question, but do you think there's a chance the Heat or the Bulls could keep the top spot in the East? Yeah, I mean, I think the Heat and the Bulls absolutely have a chance to win the East. Um, I think, I think at this far in the season, the way they've played, the way they've just shown how they play, to be foolish to to assume they're they're not. Um, and the Sixers and the Nets have lots of things to figure out. So if I'm I'm the Bulls and the Heat, I'm I'm feeling very very good about my prospects, and and I think they 
they have a great shot. I, I think the Bucks are still the favorite because they are the defending champion because they're starting to play a little bit better um, and, and have it, you know, just all those factors. You got Giannis and everything. But I, I think besides the like, yeah, I'd say the Bucks are the favorite. And then Bulls, Heat, Nets, Sixers, just because Nets, Sixers have so much other things that are going on, I think are all right there together. Uh, I wouldn't say any of those teams right now seem like the, the clear cut number two to me. Right. That's fair. Cavs have a chance or no? I don't, I, I'm, I'm not going to give them NBA finals. I think they have a chance to make an Eastern conference finals run. I'll give them that. There you go. All right. They can do that. All right. So then the last thing before we wrap, wrap up the sports section for today, the all-star games, the all-star situation. We had a fun three-point contest where a big man won. Congratulations to Car Anthony Towns, right? We have a great all-star game where Seth Curry goes absolutely ballistic and shoots 50 points, all three-pointers, basically, and and really does well. We have a LeBron James winner. So that's obviously fun, fun to watch. The dunk contest, on the other hand, is the dumbest, worst thing I've ever seen. That last one was horrible. And in my in my head, it should be they 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 slayed it last. It should be the most exciting, right? Of of the of the skills challenges, anyway. Um, it, how do you save the dunk contest? Slash, is the time for the dunk contest over if you're just going to keep putting people who can't dunk? Well, so I think part of, like they have to change the rules because like the re- part of the reason it sucks is because we see a bunch of misses, and this isn't like this also isn't anything new. Like, everyone's like, oh, man, that was such a horrible dunk. Like, dunk contest is real. Where have you been in the last, like, 10 years? Like, yeah, there was that great contest between Aaron Gordon and Levine. But really, besides that, pretty underwhelming. Like, it, it just hasn't been as good. Partly it's because, too, like, I do sympathize with these guys. It It's so – we've seen so many dunks. Like, they, they ha- it's like you have to show us something new. You have to push the, the envelope. So uh, they have to change the rules where like missing really hinders you. The problem with that though too is like then you're like, well, if they all miss and then like there's only one dunk, then we're fucked as well. I, I, one thing I would do is change the order of it. Like I think the three point contest is what's most exciting now, right? Um, just like with shooting and just like how it is. So I think that's I think that's how you should end the night. Maybe you would start out with the slam dunk contest more, like get the energy going there. I don't think you need big names. Like like the Levine and Gordon one, neither of those guys, like they were known commodities, but they weren't superstars. Um, certainly not what Levine is now. So if the dunks are good enough, you don't need the big names, but I, they need to make a change with the rules and maybe even just how they frame it where it's like, you, you can't afford to miss it because that's it's all the because you can do the coolest dunk in the world, but if I've seen you miss it ten times in a row, I'm not going to be that impressed. Like I'm just it, you're just not going to be. Like it, it, it just is a, is a fact. So changing the rules where that that stops and uh, and yeah, I, I think slotting it at a different time. Right, I think slotting it for sure. And yeah, I think they should do like the Olympic halfpipe rules, for example. You can get as much air as you want. If you fall, you're done. You know what I mean? Like you don't get you don't get a yeah. good score. You have to, yeah. And well, and what's also like hurt the dunk contest is the three point contest has gotten so much more exciting. Like I've always loved it, but it just has gotten more exciting. It's gotten more 
it's, it used to be like, oh, here are these spot shoot like Jason Capona was in. But now the bigger names are doing the three-point contest. That's become so much more exciting. And even the skills challenge, the way they've changed that up has gotten more exciting. So it's also, I think, smart to change the where it's placed because it used to kind of be like, oh, here's some ho-hum stuff. Now let's get it going where it is, it's already exciting before. Like the, the excitement's already there where then it just feels so deflating with the with the dunk contest. I just think what you say about the stars, though, I don't know if I agree because, like, I agree you don't need stars, but at the same time, how much more exciting would it be if you had had a... Because, like, I watch the dunk contest, and I'm looking at these guys, and I'm like, none of you are the best dunkers in the NBA. None of you. None of you are close. So for They me, might be. Someone being a star doesn't mean they're the best dunker. I will agree with you. Having a star in it makes it more exciting. But a lot of times people are like... Oh, we have to get the stars. We have to have LeBron James, and I don't, I don't think, think that. that's. I don't think that's the case. Yes, it's a hundred percent more exciting when you're watching Giannis as opposed to Juan Toscano Anderson. Like, yeah, it, sorry, it, that's just the facts. But yeah, I just want Anthony Edwards in there. I want John Morant in there. You know what I mean? I I, I, I want love Jaw. that. I want, I want Jaw. Jaw so bad. But then it's but it, the thing now too is like with the history of it and how deflating it is. For those guys, and like it's part of the reason LeBron has never done it. It's like I there's it's a no-win situation. Either I bring the house down and it's incredible, which I have to do perfectly, or it's gonna be disappointing. Interesting. Ah, that's a bummer. Anyway, I just had I wanted to do your thoughts on that. Uh, and with those thoughts, we have finished the sports section of this episode, which means we have reached Cool Down. Oh yeah. Really great. We do that live every time. We could do a little. Uh, we could do a little sound bite, Never. but why? Never. That's Never. Not, that's not the way it goes. Uh, all right. So, you know, we talked about the Jawan Howard situation, right? And there's been a lot of talk in the NFL about taunting. So, I wanted your thoughts on sportsmanship. You know, the the idea of sport. Obviously, sportsmanship belongs in sports. Let's get that out of the way. That's not what I'm saying. But um, but like Alexander Zverev got knocked out of the Mexican Open because he like broke his racket against the ref's chair. You know, stuff like that, you know, that that's not what I'm talking about because that's obviously not what you should be doing. Um, but I just think, you know, there's some there's something to be said Actually, about... Actually, you don't... I think you shouldn't have to get kicked out uh, for that, but you do have to use the broken racket. Yeah. Like, look, then... then you yeah. reap what you sow. Yeah, agreed. Um, but in terms of sportsmanship... What belongs, you know, or what doesn't? How important is it, you know? How seriously, for example, should we take taunting? How seriously should we take the hand handshake line situations, which were talked about in the Michigan-Wisconsin game? You know, celebrating, you know, gets gets flagged in football. Uh, what what do you think? Where do you think sportsmanship should be upheld in these sports, and where do you think it's gone too far? Yeah, well, I mean, I think a lot of it is is on the athlete to understand like for me if i'm playing pickup basketball like i i want to win so i'm gonna go for it but i also understand like when i'm playing a sport like somebody might elbow me in the face somebody might like it's a kind of a physical like there's something to all is fair and love and war you know like in the sense of like when you're on the battlefield like you got a battle and then when you're done there's a professional professionalism to it of just being like hey man like i I was trying to win. Like basketball, there's so many dudes that talk so much mad shit. They're not just talking mad shit because they think it's fun. It, it's a 
Sometimes it, it works to shake other people. Sometimes it makes you get more pumped. And like, I, I think, I think shit talking is fine. I think taunting as far as like such sound celebrations to, to an extent is fine. Like obviously anytime there's like a nasty hit, you probably shouldn't taunt. Um, that seems like a pretty big dick move, but like, I think taunting in general is fine. I, I think most of it's fine. And, and, and it's just kind of like understanding like, yeah, we're going to war because if you're at like, if you're in this competitive athletic event at the highest level and somebody dancing after a touchdown or talking shit to you after dunking on you, if that is going to shake you, then you shouldn't be playing. On the same time, like once it's over, like you have to know, it's just like, yeah, that, that's what this is. It's like, I was, I was listening to another ESPN. I see, I can't remember the defender they were talking about, but he was, was back in the day and he was, he would just absolutely destroy anybody on the pitch. That wasn't what he was supposed to do. He was supposed to muck up the game, be physical, foul the shit out of you. As soon as that whistle was done, he was he would hug the other team like, hey man, you know, like that's my job. Like I it's that's what we're doing out here. I'm just trying to win the game. This is what they asked me to do. And so I think it's on the athletes as well. And of course there's a line to be cry like you can't say whatever the fuck you want. Um but in the general sense of of taunting and, and talking shit like I, it's part of the part of the battle yeah i agree i think my thoughts on it are i think the handshake for example at the end of the game is something i like because it should signal like you said that the action all of the action the dirty action the taunting all of that is contained in the game and then afterwards that that doesn't exist as a personal thing i think that's where it needs to that's where we need to kind of take sportsmanship Taunting should be allowed so long as there's no harmful language. You know, there's no slurs or yeah. super personal there's attacks. Certainly exceptions are like, I'm going to fuck your mother. Yeah, 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 yeah. And celebrating should also, everything should be allowed as long as it's not harmful. Obviously, Stevie Johnson had that infamous two towers celebration, which was horrible. And like, you know, he should get fined for that. That's fair enough. But at the end of the day, like it is a sport and these things are parts of the game. A lot of the times, you know, the only way to beat a team that's better than you technically is to be the more physical team and to be the team that gets in your head. And if you take that out, then you're just having the better team win almost every time. There's no edge that they can really lose. And I think that it's a big part that we need to take a look at so we don't put too many rules against it, you know? I think it should be, you know, like you said, an athlete thing and a a coach-led thing where it's like, listen, in that game, you do your job and you do it well, and you do it to the best of your ability, no matter what the task is. And then at the end of the game, you drop that. You drop that immediately yeah. because it's a it's game. Done. And then it's done. And I think that that's what needs to be preached a little more. It's not to take away the taunting. It's to do a better job of making people understand that once that whistle blows, there's no need for the rest of it. Because it's just, at that point, uh, you know, unnecessary. Um, obviously, if you have personal beef with someone, you can't control that. But if it's just from the game, it's a game. You guys are both trying to win. It's a physical game. Get over it, you know? When you got personal beef with somebody, like, you're, you're also at your job. Right. You, you got to leave that shit at home. Yeah, you do. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. You don't you're, get to go into other workplaces and be like, I don't like that guy. I don't like that guy. I'm going to hit him in the face with an open hand yeah. slap. Um, it's just going to be what I do. Uh, man, if that if that's how it worked. I might have taken a couple more <laughs> swipes in my day, let me tell you. Um, Probably swiped myself. 
I agree, but I agree. It's getting a little ridiculous, and it'll be interesting to see where the rules go from here, um, especially with more and more people complaining about the rules being made and the technicals being called and the flags being thrown. And like, I mean, I don't really think that the handshake line needs to be mandatory, but I feel like it should be, like I said, like even if you're playing like pickup soccer, pickup basketball, like the end of the game, I always am like, hey, good game. And like NFL, like they just kind of do it naturally. So like the, the forced one also does seem weird. It seems a little childish for like college basketball. And like you can still like do it and I think you should do it, but it's, I don't know. I think it I'm not should saying be. It should go. I don't think they should go away with it. It it does does feels odd to be like, like I, I don't know any other sport, even like college football where it's like, and now you have to line up and shake their hands of everyone because like like you said, what if you do have beef with somebody? Like maybe I don't want to talk to you really. I don't really should I shouldn't have to shake your hand, but taking it like being like, oh, we're gonna get away with it now, seems like a dumb reactionary thing to do in the wake of what's occurred because then because then that because that almost feels like oh we're afraid of this occurring which i don't think is the case either right exactly exactly i think we're in the same page in it all right matt get ready quick fire questions time has arrived bring them on bring them on all right so this one needs a little bit of setup so bear with me all right so in the top five european leagues i'm going to list off some goal numbers for you in la liga Karim Benzema has 18, Vinicius has 13, there's another player with 13. Premier League, Salah has 17, but Diego Jota is the next highest with 12, then Sterling with 10. Bundesliga, lots more goals, Lewandowski has 28, Patrick Schick has 20, Holland has 16. Ligue 1, you have Ben Yader with 14 goals, but then behind him is just Jonathan David and Mbappe with 12. And then in Serie A, Immobile has 19, Vlahovic has 18, and the next highest is 12. These are all with like 10 games to go. So you can't imagine so many more goals are going to be scored by all these players consistently. So how many 25 plus goal scorers are we going to have when it's all said and done in the top five leagues? Uh, Benzema will get it done. Oh, no, he's injured. He won't get it done. So... Lahovic is going to get it done with his change. He's going to get a few more goals than Juve. Obviously, Lewandowski get it done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I think Stick will get it done. I kind of want to say Holland's going to get it done. And Salah. I'll go five. I'll go five. five. Okay, five. Yeah, five. I think that's true. And that's not a ton. You know, you'd think, like, for each you get one, maybe. But, you know, the I think the Premier League really surprised me with the top only have 17 and the next highest having 12. It's really been distributed a lot more evenly than usual. Um, okay, so we talked about the Lakers and how they're kind of, we're thinking, consigned to a play-in victory at the most, right? Another team that looks like they're they're just kind of kind of being the play and we don't know how well they're going to do in the East is last year's conference finalists, the Atlanta Hawks. They are currently in the 10 spot. They obviously have some good players, but they just haven't been playing very well. So who do you think goes farther in the playoffs, the LA Lakers or the Atlanta Hawks? The Lakers. <laughs> there you they go. play defense. They play Even defense. if it's not all that great all the time, they play more defense than the Hawks. That's fair. That's fair. All right. I was just curious as to how much faith you had. I'm so glad. I, I love watching the Hawks struggle. Oh, well, so funny. I didn't know there was this heat there. Otherwise, I would have well, asked I've just never been. I've always said the Hawks are not going to do anything because they don't play defense. They had a nice playoff run last year. 
that did have to shut me up for a little bit, but now I'm feeling more uh, vindicated. There you go. All right. And the final one, more of a personal question, right? Fantasy football, uh, you know, going to start up here in a couple months. And, and, and uh, it always goes one of two ways. You're, you're either, I feel like, really trash and randomly win one year, or you're always decent but always come up short. So let's say, Matt, you're in a 10-year span of fantasy football. In that 10 years, would you rather be trash nine of them and win one or be in the top four all of them but never win? Trash and win one. Yeah, you think so? Like you would, re- you Fuck would remember. Yeah. Okay, all right. Because for me, all about the like- championships. Who gives a shit about all oh, guys? I was pretty good at fantasy for ten straight years. Who gives a shit? I'm playing for championships and cash. I mean, that's one thing. Being in the top four would be kind of good. But nah, we're we're talking straight championships. We're not talking cash. I want to win a ship. Okay, so let's say it was 2012 to now. You would still. Be okay with being basically last for nine years if you won in 2012? Hell yeah. Well, if I, <laughs> if I know I'm not going to win another one, because it's not like I win. Nobody's going to get – none of my friends are going to be like, oh, that was sick that you got third six years in a row. And nobody gives a shit about that. That's fair. Okay. There you go. I was just I was just curious. I was just curious. It's all about titles, baby. Yeah, that's right. Tell that to Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I do. <laughs> it's like the big oh. knock on him. <laughs> That is the only knock on him. Might be three-time MVP here soon. All right. Thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure as always. We're going to be all college basketball going forward, as well as the offseason, the NFL, and all the other news coming your way. But for now, thanks for joining us. Stay safe. You know, be enjoy the nice weather when it's here. Don't complain. Just enjoy it. There's reasons that it's happening, but we don't have to talk about that. Uh, yeah. Matt, you got anything else Please to say? Please don't bring it up to people? me. Just let me enjoy the nice day. <laughs> Well, you know your kids are gonna burn and drown. And well, then why are we trying to do anything? <laughs> Cheers, y'all.